and I'm all yours. Not for the money and it's not for the applause. Uh, no. Uh, let's put the noise please. Sex, sex, Hello and welcome to the Juicy Deets NFL Podcast. I am Alex Jensen. With me here, as always, my co-host, Zach Deets. Zach, we had a bit of a rough weekend for our uh, respective respective picks. A little bit respective fan bases. Uh, how are you feeling right now? Yeah, I mean, what's going on, Alex? Uh, happy to be back on the pod after uh, some, you know, Personal issues in our lives kind of arise, and we weren't able to record the betting show. But at, like I said, happy to be back. And yes, uh, me and Alex were talking pre-show. It's probably best that they did not hear our picks. <laughs> we'll touch on that on uh, on our Thursday pod. We do the betting lines, yes. but uh, it's uh, it was not the best. It was not the best this week. Not not for we either look of us. Like idiots. <laughs> hey. I'm still very, very narrowly going into this Monday night game over over 50% on the year. Narrowly. Narrowly. It's going to come down to this game. So we'll see. I, I may be a fraud by the end of this podcast recording, but we'll see. But what we're going to be doing today is something a little bit different. It's mock draft time. We're draft guys. That's how we know each other. That's where we make our money. And uh, we thought it'd be fun to, uh, now we've got a couple games into the season, kind of throw together a little mock Kind of goes sequentially. I'll let Zach make the first pick. I'll make the second and then continue on that way throughout. And uh, just kind of see how we think the draft's going to play out going in this year and put our names on some players and give ourselves some fodder to look dumb in a couple weeks. Uh, so starting off, we're going by Super Bowl odds right now. And at this moment, the Fighting Urban Myers, Jacksonville Jaguars, are the least likely, according to Vegas, to win Super Bowl. So... They have the first pick in this mock. Zach, you guys make this pick unless you kind of jump in right now. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, just a couple notes before I announce super quickly. Um, obviously, no trades. You know, not only is that super complex to do on a podcast, but it's way too early in the year to be like, oh, this team would probably jump here for this and blah, blah, blah. And as Alex alluded to, these are Super Bowl odds. I did kind of have to f- flip it around a little bit. Like once we get to the playoff teams, you know, because we had to do, I wasn't going to have like 10 NFC teams and like four uh, AFC teams. So did a little finagling here, but let's get rolling. Number one pick, Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, obviously, if they're in this spot, um, they're probably not going to be happy. And it seems like an obvious trade down spot. But like I said, there's no trades here. So we're going to go with the best prospect in this class. I'm going to go take Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge rusher out of Oregon. My number one prospect, I assume Alex's number one prospect, unless it's Kyle Hamilton. No. I mean, oh, yeah. okay. Okay, we'll touch on that later. All right. We'll get to it. Uh, we'll get to it when we get there. We'll get to it. Um, yeah, but Thibodeau, I mean, this is just, just draft the best player in the class. I mean, uh, Evan Neal, guys like that, offensive tackle. I don't think they would go safety, even though they would – I mean, Kyle Hamilton would be awesome for that defense. But, um, yeah, I mean, grab the edge rusher. They have Josh Allen. They have Caleb Chase on. I mean, 
it really doesn't matter. You generate pressure from all areas, and Thibodeau makes any team better. He's, you know, in my opinion, he has the potential to be a Von Miller, Chase Young, Miles Garrett level prospect. So he's the easy pick for me. Yeah, and I'm slightly, slightly lower on Thibodeau than that. He's my number three player in the class. I think you can definitely make case for him being number one overall. They're all pretty close. I'll get to who I'm higher on when we get to those picks, which will be coming up pretty quickly because top players in this draft class. But I definitely get the case here. I mean, especially, especially a team like the Jaguars that are playing in a division like they are where offensive line play is going to be very important for – winning and losing in these games, whether it's the Colts with their fantastic offensive line or the Titans with their kind of fringy offensive line. If you want to compete, you're going to have to get pressure against those teams. Kayvon Thibodeau is arguably one of the safest, I think, players in this class. Usually when you get edge players with these traits, they tend to pan out if they're not complete busts from a technical standpoint. And Thibodeau's not. I think he still has some room to grow in that area. I don't think he's quite at the level of those Miles Garrett level true generational players, but I do think he's on the lines of like a Bradley Chubb or someone like that. That's a clear top five pick that can hit the ground running and provide a ton of value getting after the quarterback on his rookie contract. So I have no issues with this pick whatsoever. But moving on, I'm going to go to my number two overall player in this draft class for the New York football Jets with the number two overall pick right now who have been worse than I expected. Maybe I'm dumb. I don't know. I think I believed in that coaching staff a little bit more, but uh, it's been brutal, man. It's been brutal watching them play. And I hate to see it because I like a lot of players on that team, but Derek Stingley is pretty much the perfect fit, honestly, for any defensive team. So you can pretty much do it all. But you almost never see a cornerback go this high in draft. He's the outlier. This class with a somewhat fringy top of the quarterback class and not a true surefire top tackle prospect, the top edge already off the board. I think this is the year we're going to see a cornerback go really, really early. And Stingley is that guy. The traits are just generally freakish. He's generally, at least from a, physical trait standpoint he's a true generational prospect and i think particularly for the jets and a system like sala wants to run it's just a pretty ideal fit and a huge very clear from watching them this year area of need so i I really like this fit now yeah i mean i'm with you all the way uh derek stingley is i believe my number three overall player in this class uh just an absolute you know as you alluded to alex athletic specimen uh the reason i probably prefer tibbs over him is you know just the overall consistency like when i watch Thibodeau on tape and i get those are they're two completely different positions different responsibilities but i watch Thibodeau on tape and i'm like this dude basically wins every rep and stingley i get last year in 2020 short in year he dealt with covid some lower body injuries but he's those two guys are players you do not overthink like these are True, by the definition, blue chip players. So, really like that pick for the Jets. Actually, I don't like that pick for the Jets um, because it makes them better. And I love playing <laughs> downfall. But we move on to the number third pick, Detroit Lions up. And I get Jared Goff is technically under contract for at least another year. But 
I think they got to address the future. This is not a good football team. I like a lot of what, you know, Dan Campbell and, you know, the front office is doing there in Detroit. I really do believe they're finally on the right path, but it's time to get a new future face of the franchise. I'm going to go with Malik Willis, quarterback out of Liberty. Kind of crazy. First pick, Oregon, then LSU, then Liberty. But Malik Willis, um, he was my QB2 coming out of summer scouting. I am just – I really am entranced with him. Uh, if you guys want, you could go back, listen to the podcast that me and Alex had done on this quarterback class. And I'm definitely on – I'm definitely higher on Willis than Alex is. But I, I feel Alex definitely respects his talent. And, you know, he's been awesome this year. Just dealt with a tough loss to Syracuse. He played fairly well that game. You know, he did make some mistakes, held on to the ball too long, took a couple dumb sacks. But, you know, for a guy who isn't going to be ready to play right away, learn behind a veteran in Jared Goff. And, you know, I mean, he brings excitement to a city in Detroit that has dealt with such, you know, like just boring the same old stuff in recent years. So I actually really like this fit. I feel like Malik would excel in Detroit. Yeah, and I, I am slightly lower on Willis than you, but similarly, I, I respect the raw tools he has, and I, very importantly for this type of player, really respect the head that's on his shoulders. I, I think that he's not a guy who's going to be like, I've got these talents, that's all I need. He, he really is dedicated to becoming a better player each day. I don't think he has any business seeing the NFL field his rookie year, which I think makes it tough for someone like that to go in, you know, the top three. But that being said, I think if there was one team that he would go to that made sense, I think that the Lions are honestly that team. I, I think he really fits the kind of jam the ball down your throat, physical mentality that Dan Campbell wants to instill there. I, he's definitely a kneecap biter type guy. I, I think in this class where there is no other clear cut top guy at this position in that he can rise a lot higher than he would in a normal class. Whereas last year, I think he would have been quarterback five or six off the board as he currently is. Uh, I do think that Anthony Lynn has shown enough that he doesn't look like he's going to get fired unless he gets a head coaching job somewhere, which also seems unlikely. Great fit for Anthony Lynn's offense. I do think that's definitely the case. If Stingley or Thibodeau were to be here, I could see the Lions kind of waiting for that 2023 class where they have a lot of extra picks to move up to get their guy if it's a better class. I 100% agree. But I actually do like this fit, even if he's not my quarterback one. I, I do think that this is the right place for him to go if he's going to go early. So I actually can't hate on as much as I would if you would have said, put him on to uh, the next team or something like that. Speaking of which, the next team is the Houston Texans. I think this is a pretty obvious trade down spot for them. I think until we know what is going to happen with Deshaun Watson, it is just no way to know really what Texans are going to do besides probably trade down and figure out what's going to go on themselves. So I opted to go around reaching for a quarterback here. We can't trade down in this exercise. They don't have a ton at edge. They don't really have a ton on the entire defensive side of the ball, really. Not for sure things going forward that are younger players. I maybe biased as someone who watched Michigan just destroy the soul of UW, but Aiden Hutchinson was just utterly dominant and a lot quicker than I expected. And more than just quick, 
One thing I actually was able to notice watching him is he flies off of the snap, which is the most important thing for me in an edge prospect. I love to see it. He is freakishly strong, definitely fast enough, big enough. And I think he is a real, I wouldn't be 100% shocked barring Thibodeau's health if it's not a genuine debate between him and Thibodeau at the end of the year. And that's not a knock on Thibodeau at all. I just think that Aiden Hutchinson is a very, very good football player. And I think for the Texans, just trying to rebuild, if they're not able to trade back, taking a flyer on a really high impact position like edge is probably the right move for them going forward. Yeah. I mean, I like Hutchinson. Um, You know, I feel like, listen, he's been insane this year. Forget the Washington game where he, you know, just bullied Jackson Kirkland. I'm not that high on Jackson Kirkland. So maybe that's why I look at that performance. I'm like, yeah, Hutchinson looked good. But I feel like some people look at be like, oh, Aiden Hutchinson just beat up on a top 15 pick. And I'm sitting over here like, I mean, he beat up on like a pretty solid day two developmental tackle. But no, nah, I mean, still. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, like you said, insane athlete, very good converting uh, speed to power and vice versa. You know, obviously we're going to get those cliche like, oh, the next J.J. Watt, like stuff like that. I mean, I don't think he'll be at that level. I personally think this is a bit of a reach. But, you know, like you said, a Texans team that just needs to generate pressure, needs to get players on that defense to make it respectable. Figure out the quarterback situation later. You know, do you have something in Davis Mills? So, you know, I'm not going to kill you for this pick. But moving on, number five, my New York football giants coming off just the most disgusting loss I may have ever seen. Uh, that's probably hyperbolic, but yeah, I mean, the fact that we hung 14 points on Atlanta is just like, I don't even, mm. even want to talk about it. Anyway, I but I guess it's better than With quarterback, not point. the problem, too. Yeah. I guess it's better than hanging uh, zero points on University of Montana. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Imagine. Kyle Hamilton. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go uh, Kyle Hamilton here. Safety out of Notre Dame. Um, probably a slightly bigger Derwin James cl- clone. Hamilton can do it all. He's like literally, I hate to say this because it's so cookie cutter, but He's like, if you wanted to build a perfect safety out of a lab, I mean, he would pop out. Like, he has been absolutely phenomenal this year in every single aspect. His range is absurd. His athleticism, you know, he's got elite instincts. He is, this is probably a bad comparison, but I was super high on Micah Parsons last year. I feel like he's a safety version of him, except he can cover. He really feels, you know... I, he's my number two prospect in this class. I love Kyle Hamilton. If the Giants drafted him, I would be excited. But he is legitimately a player that could not only start for every team, I believe, right away, but could be a massive difference maker for any team in the NFL. Kyle Hamilton is a bona fide stud. Yeah, I love this pick, and I love Kyle Hamilton. Honestly, he's my number one overall player in this class. He has been coming into the year. He has been through this year, and I kind of said, I think he's the only true blue chip guy. I I think that if the Jaguars, let's say, were drafting for the player that made the most sense for their defense, 
Kyle Hamilton's the guy. But the safety position, you're just almost never going to see it go number one overall. It's, it's hard to imagine that ever happening. Even in a, I think, a somewhat down year overall this year, I, I just, I love Kyle Hampton, man. He's, he's head and shoulders the best player in this class for me. He's the only guy that truly marries that he has all the physical traits and he's technically more sound than the Thibodeaux or Stingley's for me. So I, I love him. I love this pick. I like the fit. I like him in that defense. And I'd be excited to see it and happy for you when it happens. So, you know. Maybe that's the silver lining to this uh, rough giant start is uh, you get Kyle Hamilton and I'll, I'll buy a jersey. I'll wear a Kyle Hamilton jersey. That's, that's, that's my guy. That's, I love safeties, and Kyle Hamilton is probably my favorite I've seen since I've been seriously scouting. Maybe Derwin James. It's, it's those two guys. So, yeah, I like to stick a lot. I'm surprised you haven't comped him yet to a larger Darnell Savage. <laughs> I haven't. Uh, I think that he has uh, – I don't know, man. I can't oh say anything God. negative about move Darnell on, Savage. On, I love, I love both too much. It hurts. It hurts. Uh, <laughs> the Falcons, fresh off of beating this team called the Giants, juggernaut. I'm going to give them my quarterback one in the class. He was my quarterback one B coming into the class, but I think he's just outplayed Rattler enough that he's my quarterback one right now, and I have kind of comped him to a blend between a more mobile Matt Ryan and the Titans quarterback who shares a head coach history with the current Falcons coach. I I like Matt Corral a lot, man. I think that he's a baller. I think he's super accurate. I think that he's going to do exactly whatever the coach tells him. I think he's got a good head on his shoulders strong enough arm. And I think this quarterback class is just bad enough that he's going to be there. And I I think that they're going to want to kind of let him sit a little bit behind Matt Ryan and kind of do one of those Matt Ryan rides off to the sunset, but you get to see a plan for the future in Matt Corral in 2022. And then 2023, that's his time takeover with some real weapons in there. And hopefully some sort of a running back because their running back room is just dreadful. But yeah, Matt Corral. That's my pick. Number six overall, the Falcons. QB1. Let's go. I love the pick. I mean, Corral, I was super high on him in summer scout. Or not super high, but I was definitely higher on him. You know, he was one of those guys that, like, I remember watching, like, really early in the summer. I believe, like, May. Like, before anyone was really told. We were still getting over the 2021 class. And I watched Matt Corral. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be, like, my guy. Like, I found Matt Corral. And now he's, like... The talk of the town, he's probably, I would say, most analysts current. He's in the race for, uh, or he's in the lead for QB1. And, you know, they got a game coming up against Alabama, a team that he played very well against last year. It is kind of crazy how Matt Corral threw six picks against Arkansas and threw for 365 yards, two touchdowns, and rushed for another 40 yards against Alabama, but I love Corral. I really do think it's a good fit. Uh, uh, Arthur Smith's offense has been very concerning thus far. I feel like a lot of that has to do with, um, no, Matt Ryan possibly losing a step, but, you know, the idea of that Tennessee offense with Matt Corral in it is super exciting. But Can I say one thing real quick before we move on on uh, the current Falcons quarterback, not Matt Corral, but – he has the lowest max velocity in the entire league by a somewhat wide margin. Matt Ryan, of course, I'm talking about. 
So he is legit, like, playing right now, like, that 2014 season of Peyton Manning, where the mind is still there, but the arm is just not. And that is not how they want to run that offense. So just wanted to kind of toss it out there because I thought it was an interesting uh, little piece of info, Matt Ryan. And Julio yeah, said he wanted out for the same reason. Just, just kind of a, one of those weird things. I'm not trying to go on a tangent right now, man, but, like, if you're – if Matt Ryan is 2015 Peyton Manning, I don't even want to know what Ben Roethlisberger is. <laughs> like that is like probably he's like throwing it harder guy. than Matt Ryan. He or he really is. That is um that is, really which is sad. Yeah, disgusting is a better word after the pod. I'd love for you to show me that data. But anyway, moving on. Number seven, we're back in New York, technically Jersey. Very uh, unfortunate. But anyway, the Giants, you know, they get they get this pick uh, via the Chicago Bears from the Justin Fields trade last year. Got Kyle Hamilton. Let's address the offense a little bit. You know, I'm not going to go a quarterback here. I really do believe that Daniel Jones can be a solid starting quarterback in this league. And I really feel like if the new regime comes in, then they'll keep him around one year unless he completely falls on his face. But let's get him more protection. Andrew Thomas has looked really, really improved this year. I saw a stat from PFF today that his 2.5% pressure rate allowed rate is like fourth out of all starting offensive linemen in the NFL, which, I mean, huge step in the right direction after he allowed five sacks to something called a Dennis Gordick on (laughs) Arizona last year. (laughs) Let's address the right side. Uh, Solder, you know, he's gone after this year. I don't even have – he's not even a free agent. They're just going to cut him. And uh, Matt Pair hasn't looked that good. but And he hasn't even really played. I don't even think he played. Yeah, I think he played two snaps in week three. But I'm going to go Evan Neal, uh, the left tackle out of Alabama. He's looked excellent this year. And I like the versatility that – versatility, excuse me, that he displays. He played right last year, moved over to the left, kind of like the Alex Leatherwood thing. He's better athlete than – Leatherwood, great pass protector, huge guy, really good athlete. And, you know, if Thomas comes into his own and you got Evan Neal on the right side, I mean, those are two, like, insanely good bookends to have for the Giants. And, you know, if they come out of this first round with Kyle Hamilton and Evan Neal, then maybe going 3-13 and will be worth it. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. I think most importantly for the Giants – at least with their current general manager, you could describe Evan Neal as a hog molly, which, uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully Dave Gettleman's work in the uh, paint department at Lowe's by the time, uh, the 2022 draft happens. He, he might as well, they just might as well like put him in charge of the senior bowl roster, but, uh, that's where he likes to be anyways. But no, I, I like the fit. I, I think it's a really good fit. I think he pairs well with Andrew Thomas on there. I mean, I also think he really pairs well with Saquon Barkley, who, Someone needs to help him because as much as I do like Danny Dimes, he shouldn't be getting twice as much rushing yards game in, game out as Saquon Barkley, the best running back I've ever scouted. So yes. you got you to see something there when you have a weapon like that that you took number two overall. You got to be able to use him. So like that pick quite a bit. And clearly, I think right now, OT won in this class. But that's at least my take right now. We got a guy who, for me, is neck and neck with Kayvon Thibodeau. I was a bit surprised he made it this far, but DeMarvin, I don't know if it's Leal or Leal. I'm not 100% sure. 
Is Liao. it Liao? It is Liao. Liao, that sounds better. I think that he might be – he has a case to be one of two potential generational talents in this class if he hits his ceiling. I think that he is by far the best interior defensive lineman in this class. I don't think it is even remotely close. I think that's the biggest gap between one and two at any position. I think that the Bengals definitely need that guy. I think that he fits well. If they want to run a 3-4 defense where they had come from a 4-3 scheme and they still have a lot of that personnel, he is that fun player who can play true edge on first and second down. And then if it's a rush down, he can slip inside and just attack. And just an absolute monster. I mean, you saw the kind of athlete he was last year when he got the interception and took it 43 yards. He gets his hands up. He flex passes. He's already got two and a half sacks coming from an interior position on the year. I, I think he's just a locked in one of those like high floor, high ceiling players who are going to just drop down a little bit because of the position that they play. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I kind of stiped you here. I feel like Evan Neal would be kind of the easy pick here for Cincinnati, but yeah, I mean, Leal, I mean, this is already a stacked defensive line for them. And honestly, um, Come to think of it, Alex, I'm not really a big fan of the fit here only because the Bengals have B.J. Hill at a, one of their defensive tackle positions. Former, you know, you don't know who B.J. Hill is. I know who B.J. Hill. Hill is, but it's not knocking me off of a potential generational I'll tell you talent. What. I'll tell you what, man, it should. It should because B.J. Hill is a stud and the fact he got traded for Billy Price still makes me nauseous. But in all seriousness, Leal... Everything you said is correct. Uh, I do agree with you. That's a good point. I do like some of the other IDLs in this class, but it's a very it, – it basically goes Leal, a couple other guys. I'm going to get to one a little later, and then it's just like – like it just drops off into like day three, you know, shots in the dark. But I really like this fit. He's a guy who, you know, I feel like he could play – I mean, he's athletic enough. I've seen him run around the edge so quickly. He looks like a bear. Like in the wilderness, just trying to like attack like a hunter. I don't know. That's probably a terrible analogy, but <laughs> um, no. Nah, but just his speed around the corner. He's a freaky athlete. I agree with you. I mean, he has a chance to be, you know, I would say like a Quinn and Williams level like talent. Yeah, yeah, I I, I can see it. I but, can see it. Uh, my bad to cut you off. Oh, you're good. I was just gonna say that uh, your next pick is who I would have taken here actually, if even if Evan Neal was on the board. If uh, Leo was gone. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so we got the Eagles up here. And this is actually their pick from the Dolphins. So based on Super Bowl odds, the odds makers, they're not, like, they're not like in Miami this year. I mean, this is kind of a pretty, like, I figured, you know, the Super Bowl odds, I get they're one and two, but I would have figured Miami would still be hovering around maybe like that 14 to like 17 range. I don't know. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, kind of surprising. But anyway, it's the Eagles' benefit here, and they're going to get CB2 in this class pretty comfortably to me. I think he is super close in terms of talent to Derek Stingley. I'm going to go Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson, probably one of the only bright spots on this Clemson team this year. I would also say uh, Miles Murphy and Brian Breesey, the underclassmen, edge rushers, although Breesey is out for the year now, I believe, with a torn ACL, which is pretty rough, but... 
I mean, the Eagles, they got Darius Slade. They got some other guys in that room, but they got to get another shutdown corner. I don't know how much longer Slade's going to be there. They got to get some talent in the secondary. I was stunned they did not go that route last year in round one. I mean, Devontae Smith, he's looking pretty solid so far. We're about to watch him play in about 10 minutes. But, um, yeah, no, Andrew Booth, I think in terms of short area quickness, Alex, I do not mean this in with any hyperbole. The one of probably the fastest guy I've seen, and I don't mean like long speed, I mean just like run defense. Just it looks like if you're watching him on film, it literally looks like someone cut a frame out of the video. Like he is there in a flash, his run defense is insane. You know, he excels in man, he's good in off man zone. I mean, scheme versatile to say the least. And I really do feel like, in terms of talent, he's very close to Stingley. Yeah, I, I think in terms of physical traits, he's not quite there. But in terms of talent, I can see it. I think Stingley has all the true freakish man cover abilities. But the one thing that is incredibly important that I do think Booth edges him out is Booth might have some of the best footwork I have personally scouted at the position, which is why he's able to you know play as if he was significantly faster than he is, which he's not slow. But – he plays like he's a true like four twos, low four threes type athlete. And it's because he's always got his hips and feet set up in the right position to fly to wherever the ball's going or wherever he has to be. So I really like it. And I think especially I've liked what I've seen from Jonathan Gannon as a defensive coordinator over in Philadelphia. And when you get a guy who's coming from being the Vikings longtime defensive backs coach to the Colts defensive back coach, he's going to see this guy and he's going to be like, Oh, if he has the footwork, I can teach him everything else. I think that's a thing that all defensive back coaches are going to be like, Oh, that's one of the hardest things to teach. If you got that and you got the physical traits, like I will do the rest for you. So I like that fit quite a bit. And I think that it's going to be very important playing in that division. So I, I like the pick quite a bit there and how I was just mad. He was off the board to be honest with you, but I had the Washington football team up next. And uh, this, is, this was kind of a divisive pick. I actually – I had to think about this one kind of long and hard here. There was a couple of people I wanted to take and wanted to at least think about. But with no clear-cut offensive tackle that made a ton of sense here for me, I, I just went with Spencer Rattler, man. I mean, they already kind of have the receiver core in place to make a player like this work. They've already kind of shown out that they kind of like this, this frame. Like they're not afraid of smaller guys because they've got Taylor Heineke playing right now at quarterback. They're not afraid of gunslinger type guys because they have signed on Fitz magic to play this year. They're not afraid of that kind of personality because somebody coached Cam Newton for quite a while, who was significantly more talented, but also significantly more brash, I think coming out than Spencer Rattler. And, I think it makes sense. Someone's going to fall in love with this player's talent, even with how he's played early on, which hasn't been bad, but it hasn't been good by Oklahoma quarter standard by quarterback standards and not as well as he finished last year, to say the least, which he were hoping he was going to build off of. The raw traits are just insane, and it's such a bad quarterback class at the top. It's deep, actually, but it's bad at the top that it just makes sense for this to be where he goes, especially in division. It's going to be so wide open going forward, like the NFC East is going to. So when Rattler here, man, my QB one coming into the year. You know, me and Alex, we like to bust balls a lot on this show. You know, we like to tease one another for our, uh, 
other teams' mistakes. You know, he'll call me short. I'll make fun of him for being a Washington fan, blah, blah, blah. But it's kind of crazy because Alex made this pick, and I actually love this fit. And Imagine. I'm going to <laughs> give you credit for this because, I mean, like, I, I guess it makes sense we've never seen this fit before. I mean, Rattler to Washington, because a lot of people have Washington as, like, a playoff team this year, and Rattler was going number one in a lot of mocks. But I ju- the reason I like it so much is I'm not going to divulge much into, like, his skill set because we know, like, um, a Holmesian-esque, you know, like, throwing style out of the pocket, you know, tight window throws, all that, all that good jazz. But, like, I just like the cultural fit for them, which I know sounds weird for Washington, but he's in a good position. He does not have to start right away. They have Heineke under contract again, so they don't need to bring back Fitz. I feel like Ron Rivera is a really good coach, a well-respected coach that they could humble, you know, Rattler, a guy who has been perceived as a prima donna. And if he hits, they got a shit ton of good weapons. I mean, Spencer Rattler and Terry McLaurin, like that combination's insane. I love Diami Brown. Antonio Gibson out of the backfield. I mean, this is a good roster, and I really, really like this fit. I mean, I'm kind of on this wave. I mean, hopefully it Let's would have worked out because I'm a Giants fan. <laughs> Damn, man. If I'm in full objectivity, I actually really like that fit, man. But moving on I'm, to a pick I'm sure you'll like being the massive homer that you are. We have the Colts going. Massive. At, <laughs> I have the Colts picking at 11. Um. Technically, this pick should be going to the Eagles, but we're just going to go in the scenario that Wentz gets hurt. We don't Still like it for the Eagles. Eagles. Yeah. I mean, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, just in this scenario, we'll, we'll give the Colts fans. I mean, Eagles fans don't get upset. You get two picks in the first round regardless. So anyway, the Colts, I'm going with University of Washington. Defensive back, Trent McDuffie, one of my favorite players in this class. And one of the reasons why he's one of my favorite players is he's just an all-around stud. You know, he's not the biggest corner. He doesn't have the longest arms. But he's su- like he has an NFL-ready frame. Like, this dude is thick, but he is not stiff at all. He's insanely flexible. He is a fantastic athlete. I think he's going to jump over 40 inches. Just insane mm-hmm. explosiveness. Man-to-man coverage, he's insane. He has some slot capabilities. He looked very adept in zone. His run defense is good. There's not really a lot that you can knock on this guy. I mean, I guess it's just because, you know, Stingley, Sting, Stingley, Stingley, and Stingley. You know, have those, uh, you know, over six feet tall, 32 plus inch arm traits and stuff like that. But you watch a guy like Trent McDuffie, man, and this is a guy who not only feels like a perfect fit for that cold secondary, but. I mean, I feel like he could come in the NFL rather quickly and be a net positive player. I, I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, and particularly for the Colts as well. I think he would make sense for the Eagles here anyways if they were taking this pick. So we'll see how that plays out. But Trent McDuffie, man, there's been two corners at UW since I've been there. And I think it's worth noting McDuffie is a much better athlete than this other player. But him and Byron Murphy, when they came in, every single person was like, that's just that dude. Like he's just a different kind of leader, different kind of alpha type mentality out there. And I I think that you can look away from a lot of the 
I, I don't know exactly. I think he's listed at 5'11". He's really probably like my height. Like he's probably about 5'10 something. I don't think he's six foot. I don't think he's 5'11". I think he's all like 5'10 and a little bit is what I think he is. He's not the biggest guy. He doesn't have vine-like arms. Doesn't matter. His hips are tremendous. Very, very fluid athlete. Very willing and effective tackler. Fantastic form. And more than anything else, people kind of see him and they think that they can fit some balls in there. Like, oh, this guy's catch radius or at least deflection radius. Isn't that crazy? He has tremendous ball skills. And he has, like you mentioned, a 40-inch plus vertical. And he can contort like a sideline wide receiver. It is unbelievable. He has definitely one of the biggest catch radiuses in this class, despite being a smaller guy. So I think that that fools a lot of quarterbacks try to go on him. And I think that if you're going specifically for the Colts, where they're going to value a ton, like who you are as a person and your fit in that locker room, Trent McDuck is going to fit right in. So I like that fit quite a bit. And I love the player. I think that there are definitely classes in which he would be cornerback one. It's just that this quarterback class is insane. So he's, he's not that, but 11th overall for a corner. That's, that's a lot of praise. And I think he deserves it uh, for the Steelers. This is a bit of a hard pick for me here. I was kind of going back and forth and looks like we have a little bit of run going on here after this, but uh, I want the guy that I have loved for a long time, Darren Kennard. I don't know if he's a tackle or an interior offensive lineman going forward. One of the two, it doesn't really matter coming out of Kentucky. He is what the Steelers like in an offensive lineman and the Steelers need offensive linemen. I, I think that he is just an absolute menace in the run game. Very good in pass pro, but just limited in his, in his uh, reps being on that Kentucky offense. But dude just bullies people. Bullies people. Tremendous athlete, regardless of wherever he's going to go. Powerful dude. And just a winner. Just a winner. And he's got that Steelers kind of grit and mean streak in there. And I, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he would look like going on an offense that wants to do what they want to do with whoever the hell they're going to have a quarterback next year. So. Darian Kennard, my guy, going 12th overall. Maybe a little bit higher than he deserves, but I like the fit. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Kennard guy. I'm definitely on the team of which that says he is a guard. You know, I just don't – I think I think he's not the best athlete. And, you know, I had a, we, or I had a discussion with a couple people about this the other day. And just because, like, I feel like we got to dispel this notion that, like, if you say an offensive – a guy in college who plays offensive tackle – would be better at guard. That doesn't mean I'm saying, oh, he sucks. He's a shitty tackle. You got to put him in the inside and make him pass. Like, no, like he's, he could be a fine tackle, but I'm just looking to optimize his skill set. I would put Kennard on the inside, but still very Steelers-esque pick, and they would probably play him at right tackle. I mean, anybody's an upgrade over Zach Banner <laughs> or whoever they have out there. But moving on, we got the Eagles back on the clock with their own pick at number 13, and – Another offensive lineman, another guy who is playing tackle this year, but um, I definitely see him as a guard. I'm going to go Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M. Yeah, Green is a guy who, you know, I feel like his technique is a little bit off, but he might be the strongest lineman in this class, just a freaky athlete. You know, he's got to work on his leverage a little bit more. I mean, he has the tools. They can win every single leverage battle, but – you know, he kind of loses balance at times. But if you put it between, like, Jordan Melata and either Jason Kelsey or Landon Dickerson, if they're playing 
Because I, w- I would think Dickerson's taking over for Kelsey when Kelsey retires. To be Most likely. That left side is scary in terms of pass pro. Like, And those are three guys that will put you in the freaking dirt. So, I mean, the Eagles, they get two picks in the top 15. Coming away with Andrew Booth and Kenyon Green, that is scary. And I love this fit. Yeah, yeah, I like the fit a lot too, and I like the player. I, I was thinking about Kenyon Green quite a bit at twelve overall. I just felt like Kennard was the more Steelers type player, but this is a good pick. It's a good pick. If it's I, they definitely want to have a mobile quarterback, it seems with that offense that they're running. I think you're going to need someone who is a fluid mover like Kenyon Green can be, at least in terms of full athleticism he's definitely that guy not necessarily who i would have gone there i do think edge is a huge need still but is what it is nothing wrong with that pick and i like the player quite a bit i continued the interior offensive line trend at 15 or pardon me at 14 overall for the vikings I just love Tyler Linderbaum, and I think he makes a ton of sense in that offense. And they have just had some of the worst center play I've ever seen. Linderbaum, Hive, let's For a go. long time. And they've, in, they've invested capital at the position before, so maybe that will scare them away from this. But I just – I love this dude, and I think he'd be a great fit in Minnesota. I think that he'd be a great fit for Zimmer if he's still there, what he wants to do. For an outside zone team, ideal fit. Just an absolute freak of nature. Just an absolute freak of nature. I think he might be listed with like 6'3", 290, something like that. He's not the biggest guy ever, former defensive tackle. but He'll put on weight. It, it, even if he doesn't, his strength is so much higher than his actual weight that I don't think it matters at all. He gets super low. He's truly, truly a freak athlete. One of the best high school wrestlers, I believe, of all time. Uh, Pin Tristan Wirfs in high school. So, uh He's just, I love, I love the guy, man. I, I would normally take an interior offensive lineman, especially a center at 14 overall for the team like the Vikings, but I got to do it here. You got to protect Kirk Cousins because if you don't, he's going to be bad. And if you do, he's going to do what he did to the Seahawks last week. No, yeah, definitely. And obviously, I love Linderbaum. He's a top 10 player in this class for me. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people might look at this pick and be like, oh, another under, undersized, touted or highly touted athletic center because Garrett Bradbury worked so well the first time. Linderbaum would, I mean, if you put Linderbaum and Bradbury in like a, just, you know, like maybe an Oklahoma drill or something like that, I think Linderbaum beats him 100 times out of 100. I mean, like you alluded to, Alex, just like the strength that he displays is ridiculous. Um yeah, I mean, the footwork's insane here. You get to the second level with these. He, he's a special player, man. He's easily the best interior offensive lineman in this class. But we're going to move on now, and we have the Carolina Panthers currently 3-0. and I mean, talk about the schedule all you want, but Matt Rule's doing a great job with that team. And we're going to continue this lineman run. I'm going to go with a guy who I really liked coming out of summer scouting, but I thought he was just – a guard, but now I think he has that versatility. I'm going to go Ikim Ekwanu from NC State. I am a huge fan of North Carolina State players. I always feel like they're coached up well, especially the guys in the trenches. I'm a big Corey Durden fan as a day three guy, the defensive tackle. But Ekwanu, I look at him and, you know, the Panthers, 
I don't know how mo- how sustainable this offensive line is going to be when they have Cam Irving and Dennis Daly on the left side. Aquano could play other spot. He's kind of similar to Kennard in the sense that you know they're not great athletes. They're probably better suited inside. But Ekwanu has taken such a massive step in pass protection this man this year, bro. I mean, like, I believe he's only given up like two pressures during the year. So, I mean, I look at him and he's a guy, left tackle, left guard, don't matter. Put him on the line, you're a better football team. Yeah, I agree. And if I'm telling the truth here, this pick sniped me pretty hard for my next pick. So can't act like I don't like it. My big concern with him coming into the year is I was like, okay, he's not a tackle. He's definitely an interior guy in real life. And then pass pro was dreadful last year. It really was. For as good and freakish, and he was the best run blocker in college, arguably last year, let alone in this class, in all of college football. The pass pro has gotten way better this year. I'm comfortable that he can do it on the inside. And the running, the run blocking is just absurd. And I think that's going to matter on this Panthers offense quite a bit. And I love the Panthers, too. I think they're going to be a juggernaut team. They remind me a lot, minus Russell Wilson, of the 2012 Seahawks. So I really I really like him. I like the, they're going out and getting C.J. Henderson right now. I'm, I'm high on this team, and I'm high on this pick. So like quite a bit there. Sad he wasn't here, though. I had the Jets, which is the Seahawks pick uh, at 16 overall. It's going to take Iquano. I ended up going with Charles Cross. He wasn't a guy I was super low on or super high in the year. I kind of had him as like an early second-round pick coming into the year. Very fluid athlete. I think he's taking some steps forward uh, coming into this uh, over the course of this year at Mississippi State. He is definitely a very good athlete, very fluid mover. I think he could play left tackle. They've got Mekhi Becton there. It's clear to me that Joe Douglas wants to invest heavily in the offensive line. I mean, they've already taken two top 15 picks on offensive ta- – or. I guess, offensive lineman who had played tackle coming into the year in Douglas's tenure there. I, I think that if Becton gets hurt, which I don't think is a crazy thing to think happens again in the future, given his size and weight and the fact that he's injured right now, I think that Charles Cross could take over at left tackle, but they've had a massive issue at right tackle so far this year. And when I mean, you have a quarterback like they do in Zach Wilson, that's going to drift all over and throw off bounds. You need to secure that. So, with two picks in the first round, I think they have to spend one of them on a pretty solid offensive line class on a guy like Charles Cross. Well, you got Alex fat shaming Mackay Becton on the pod. Uh, yeah, yeah, hate to see it, but thick uh, shaming. You know, correct, <laughs> thick shaming. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like Charles Cross a lot. I basically agree with everything you said. Um, I think he's one of the better tackles in this class in terms of you know just sitting back and sitting back in pass protection. My spoke right there but you know he's a great pass protector uh needs to work on his core strength a little bit definitely think he's a better tackle it's actually kind of funny man because you know i I look at a guy like charles cross i'm not sure he's a first round pick but the seahawks man i mean they the seattle have a second round pick they do right we do yeah yeah i mean if cross were to fall there i mean he would be a heck of a replacement for like dwayne brown in my opinion like i really feel like you know, stylistically, those two kind of like that would be, you know, just an A plus guy for Cross to learn behind. But I like the pick, and we're into the second half of this draft. Everybody, we're going to speed things up a little bit. We're going a little quick. So I believe me and Alex are just going to go, you know, tit for tat on our picks, very brief analysis following. So I have the Patriots coming up, and I'm going to go with 
one guy from my Florida Gators, uh, Kiar Elam, cornerback. And I really feel like this is such a Patriots pick. Um, he's a guy that, you know, J- they signed Jalen Mills to, I believe it was a two-year deal, very little guaranteed money. I feel like Elam, believe it or not, I mean, I definitely think he can play outside corner. I worry about him, you know, as a strictly man coverage guy because he doesn't have the best long speed. But, you know, if he could hover that slot, if he could play some overhang safety, you know, that role like that, be a ball hawk. I mean, his instincts are insane. He's a versatile player. He could play on the outside. You can move him to the inside if you want to. He's an excellent run defender. And, you know, I feel like that's what they look for. And, you know, on that back end of that Patriots defense, who knows if they're going to bring back J.C. Jackson or Stephon Gilmore. I mean, I would assume one of those is back. But having two young guys and like Kyle Duggar and Kiar Elam, that is a that's scary for AFC East opponents. Yeah, Bill Belichick will find a role for him. I had the Titans at number eighteen overall. I ended up going with my guy here. I, there wasn't a clear cut guy for me that just stood out above the rest, but I love George Karloftis, man. I've loved him since he came out. I think that he is a very good athlete, and he looked worse last year because he was playing hurt. I think that he's going to test better than he looked on last year's tape. Reek of nature from a physical standpoint, though. I mean, if you look at his lifting numbers, just absolutely absurdly explosive. Incredibly powerful. A bit shorter arms for an edge guy, but I think he spends about two hours a day on jujitsu training, which uh, is kind of that next level from the wrestling guys. Now we got the jujitsu guys coming in. He has a ridiculous schedule, but one of the better film studiers as well. And I think just hidden a little bit in the fact that he's at Purdue where they have no other defensive players whatsoever. I think the Titans need a guy like this. And I think that the Titans coaching staff really is going to like his personality just as a, you know, kind of assassin mentality on the edge. So fills a need makes sense on the team. I like him quite a bit. I am a huge Carl Leftis fan as well. Everything you said was on the money. Once again, Alex, just a insane power, you know, rusher. And people will be like, oh, he's not like the bendy type. It doesn't matter. He's just going to destroy offensive linemen. Coming up next, I have the New Orleans Saints picking in 19. And this is a guy who I'm actually surprised he fell this far. I talked about the Spencer Rattler fit in Washington. I actually kind of like this guy more. Not only as a player, but a fit there. But he's going to the Saints here. Sam Howell out of UNC. Uh, Week one did not look very good, but he's been excellent ever since that game. You know, they lost to Georgia Tech, but he's just in such a rough position, man. Like, the offense, the play calling has been abominable. Howell's had to do a lot for himself. The line has been, you know, just like, he's, he's starting to lose confidence, which is not what you want. So he is starting to slip a little bit. But I'm still a big Sam Howell fan. He was my QB1 coming out of the summer. And, you know, regardless of if Jameis Winston is there, I do feel like regardless of how high you are on Howell, I feel like most would agree he's if we had if you had to put if you had to pick one of these quarterbacks to start rather early in their career in this class, I think Howell would be that guy. I feel like he has a lot of NFL ready traits and you know, Sean Payton could have his new quarterback in the future in Sam Howell. I like this guy. Yeah, I can see it. In hindsight, I probably should have taken Howell at 12 to the Steelers. But is what it is. Pick's already made. So doing it, I like Sam Howell. I like his mentality. I think it would be interesting to see what he would look like in a, in a Saints offense that 
doesn't even really have the players now to attack downfield in the way Sam Howell has been doing so far in his college career. So it'd be an interesting fit there. Love the player like the makeup quite a bit, as we talked about in the quarterback podcast. 20 overall right now is the Dallas Cowboys, America's team. Daxon Hill, safety for Michigan. I like him quite a bit. Seattle defense coming in. I think that if there's one player in this class who has a chance to be that true single high free safety type player that Dallas probably needs and they definitely are going to want with their defensive staff they have right now, Dax knows probably that guy. I mean, he might run in the low four threes coming out, big enough guy, decent tackler, needs to improve a bit there, but just a true sideline to sideline, cover every inch of the field type of guy who can really just change the amount of pressure that defenses can put on those somewhat slower cornerbacks they have outside. They went for bigger cornerbacks and they played pretty well, but when you have that true ball hawking safety over the top, it just makes it that much harder on opposing quarterbacks. So I like this pick quite a bit. No, yeah, I like Daxon Hill. Um, like you said, really good athlete, all around good safety. Be a really good fit on that Cowboys defense that desperately needs an infusion of secondary talent. Mm-hmm. But moving on, we have the Las Vegas Raiders picking at 21. And, you know, this defense has really taken a step forward this year. John Gruden is probably the favorite through three weeks, I would say, for Coach of the Year. I would I would put him over rule only because, you know, I feel like the competition they face has been a little stiffer, not the AAA Jets or whatever you want to call them. A couple guys, Jets. yeah. But, uh, yeah, but... <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go another IDL. We talked about that gap, uh, that talent gap at the position, but I definitely feel like this guy has a shot of going round one. Parion Winfrey, the Oklahoma defensive tackle. He is basically, if you remember Neville Gallimore from two draft cycles ago, Alex, like this is kind of, of the same exact player as him. You know, gap super, shooter. Yep, exactly. Gap shooter, super stout at the point of attack, freaky athlete, really, really good pass rusher. Easily the best defender on that Oklahoma team. And, you know, I like, I've always liked Jonathan Hankins, former Giant. He's another, uh, he was Dalvin Tomlinson before Dalvin Tomlinson, in that the Giants hate keeping good defensive tackles, which scares the shit out of me when Dexter Lawrence's contract comes up. But going off on a tangent, my apologies. Perry on Winfrey, you know, him playing next to a guy like Jonathan Hankins, you know, having that power speed, you know, compliment on the inside. This Raiders defense, man, I mean, they address some other concerns, and, you know, maybe we'll we'll look like idiots for making fun of Mayock. Plus, Oklahoma could play in the college football playoff, so it fits their MO. Yeah, yeah, makes sense all the way across there. I think that I'm going to be a little bit lower on him than this pick, but I still think this pick makes sense, and I think it could happen. Yeah. Uh, Broncos. Oh, no, pardon, whoa, I'm way off here. Uh, Chargers, pardon me, at 22 overall. Uh I had a little bit of trouble choosing because there are so many players I wanted to put on this team. I ended up going with Chris Olave, who's maybe not wide receiver one on a lot of people's boards. He has been on mine, at least in terms of healthy wide receivers right now. But I think that he's just the type player that's going to fit this offense really well. Just a guy who can complement the pieces they have there. They've already got their big alpha X receiver. They've already got Keenan Allen as an elite separator. And when you ha- don't can't put your best coverage cornerback who can just stick with someone on Chris Olave, he is going to get open downfield and chunk off big yardage. 
I, I love Chris Olave, and I think this fit is just going to make that offense incredibly explosive, especially if they're getting decent, decent offensive line play. And I think that you need to have three elite wide receivers to win in that AFC West. So Olave is my pick here. Yeah, I mean, I Olave is a guy who's grown on me. He's a uh, pretty good value pick, and just you know, just the thought of if they bring Mike Williams back, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, even Chris Olave. I mean, that is like, I mean, just having Keenan Allen and Chris Olave, those are two route running demons. That is insane. Probably unfair for the rest of the AFC, despite the Chiefs being in that conference as well. Moving on, we're going to the Arizona Cardinals at. 23 and Alex you brought up Aiden Hutchinson as possibly the second best pass rusher in this class beyond Thibodeau I'm going to go with a guy who I feel is probably stakes his claim as being number two it's Adam Anderson the edge out of Georgia um undersized guy I don't know why he doesn't play more I get just you know him only being probably around 240 pounds at this stage but in that 34 scheme Anderson has the best bend in this class. He is a freaky athlete. I believe his pressure rate, I don't even know, it was like 30-something on like 170 snaps last year, and which means he's fresh. I, this is kind of like the argument you used to have for like running backs, be like, oh, he doesn't have like a 1,000 carries in college. But like Anderson is doing this in limited reps, and with extrapolated snaps this year, he is showing out once more. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know for a fact the pressure numbers are in the double digits. Him next to Chandler Jones, if they keep Chandler Jones, or even replacing Jones, I mean, I feel like that's a boon. Adam Anderson, if this guy was 255 pounds, man, I think he'd be a top 10 lock. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I love Adam Anderson. One-trick pony is what he is. I think he's listed at 6'5", 230, so... Definitely more room to add mass yeah, to the think, frame, I but he, I think he put more weight on. I think he put a little more on. This is what he's listed at. Yeah. But the burst is truly unreal. Bend is truly unreal. And he just is a bat out of hell off the snap. Comes off the snap super quickly. Doesn't really know what to do once he does that. So he's always been a guy of incredible, like kind of rough pressure to sack ratios. And I think he's going to be that guy. He's not going to add anything on run defense. But for one trick pony, the trick that he has is one of the most valuable ones in the NFL. So he'll get drafted highly. I think he makes sense on a defense that wants to attack like the Cardinals do. I'm going to make a wild pick here. And I think a lot of people are not going to like it. I don't know if I like it yet or not, but the Broncos sitting here at 24, Teddy Bridgewater, a quarterback and the gap that they have had in just getting like, okay, quarterback play from Teddy Bridgewater makes me want to wonder what would happen if they didn't have to pay Teddy Bridgewater $20 million a year and just basically got a cheaper version of the same guy. And I was watching uh, Talia, however you say it, uh, Taco to his little brother at Maryland. And he reminded me of Teddy Bridgewater, smaller guy. He's definitely a better athlete than Bridgewater is right now. He's actually pretty fast. He's ripped off a 50 yard run uh, against Minnesota last year. Decently mobile. They've got some baller wide receivers over in Maryland right now, decent offensive line, but not one turnover play through through four weeks. Some of the highest accuracy numbers, just been absolutely balling out. Arm strength isn't anything to write home about, but it meets NFL baselines, which is better than I expected kind of coming into watching him. I think he might be one of those guys who really rises up, especially as Maryland is an undefeated team right now with some playmakers. If they manage to knock off Iowa or something like that, that could be his moment. 
And I just think that he fits the mentality of what they want to do in Minnesota really well, cheaper, and you can get him in the late first round right now. So I'm just going to go way out there and say Talia Tagovailoa, the better Tagovailoa brother, number 24 overall to the Broncos. (laughs) Better numbers in high school. I don't know if you've seen him. Blew away to his high school numbers. Listen, I like Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa. He, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, certainly a reach. I just don't. I don't. I don't. I just don't get it. Like, if you want to replace Teddy Bridgewater, like, just resign him. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not trying to be mean about it, but I mean. This is a, he also has really good skill position players. Like to get on a serious note, Rakeem Jarrett is a five star. Dante Demas could very well be a top 100 pick in this year's class, but it's different, and that's why I like you, man. He'll have that. I mean, uh, he'll have that in Denver too. Yeah, I mean, but listen, Alex doing uh doing some shrooms before the pod. You got to respect it, but always. Yes, just hard hard drugs sponsoring the uh, Juicy Deets NFL podcast. <laughs> uh, moving on, the Browns at 25. Going to go with a guy who might rise to my wide receiver one, Drake London from USC. I mean, just his outside ability. He's a big slot. He His hands are like glue. I, I, I don't see what people are not seeing with him. I think his route running is getting a lot better. He's a pretty good athlete. I believe our times have him at like 4-4-9. Four, four, he is a good athlete. Don't look at me. You just took the shittier tongue of Iloa brother in the first round. Don't No, two is on the Dolphins. Shit, shit on my pick. Wow, man. The Dolphins fans, yeah. Our, our numbers in Miami are going to shoot down after this pod. <laughs> no, I, re- I really like... Uh, Especially after they see the pick you gave them next. But that's another story. Um, now, Drake London, I actually really like him. I think he has hands of glue. And, you know, I feel like he's an all-around receiver. And for the Browns, he could be a really good Jarvis Landry replacement. Yeah, I don't hate the player. I just I don't think he's a sub-4-5 runner by any means when I watch him at all. But I, I do think he's a, he's a true alpha at the catch point. And you can see some uh, – Tone down Mike Evans to his game. Better after the catch, maybe. But uh, just not not super twitchy to me. Uh, that being said, I do have the Dolphins pick next via the 49ers. And I went with the guy I was considering taking for the Broncos and took Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa, who's just an absolute freak of nature. I, I think he's probably the best small school offensive tackle I've personally scouted. And uh, I, I just don't – outside of playing against high-level competition and maybe a little bit technical from a technical standpoint, I don't get what's keeping him from being a truly elite prospect. I, I think he just checks every box except for I've seen him on film against round-wide edge defenders. That, that's really what I think with Penning. I, I love the guy, and I think that Miami <laughs> needs him, man. They need him bad. Their right tackle position has not been good this year. So, yeah, I had to go with the pick here. Penning is on my list of guys that I feel like I need to rewatch because I felt his technique and his footwork were um, very poor, to say the least. I, I think he has legit insane strength. 
I I think he needs to be a little more composed. I'm not in on him as a first round pick yet, but he definitely has the tools. I mean, he's kind of play style wise, he reminds me a lot of Kenyon Green, to be honest. Like, you know, two guys strong as an ox, and I just feel like their lower half could use some work, but uh, we'll see. I mean, Penning has been excellent this year, but we're going to move on to another offensive tackle here for the Ravens at 21. Ronnie Stanley's heart struggled a bit early in the year. We're not worried about him. We're worried about that right side. And I'm going with a guy who was excellent as a right tackle, and he's excelling as a left tackle for the Ohio State Buckeyes this year. Nicholas petit He's another guy who has some, you know, timing issues. These are the you know, hindrances that bothered Andrew Thomas his rookie year. That's really the only problem with Petit Freer. I mean, outside of Charles Cross, he might be the best lineman in this entire draft. Most athletic, I'm sorry. The most athletic lineman in this entire draft class. I mean, just super good pass pro. I think his run defense is good. Uh, Former five-star recruit. Not that that really matters, but I mean, still, like, he has all the traits. And for a team like the Ravens that – it's done a pretty good job, you know, using their offensive line this year. You know, a lot of, you know, late-round picks are playing well. So getting a guy like Petit Freire in there to replace Ali Villanueva on the right side uh, feel, feels ideal. I actually really like this fit. And I think having experience with mobile quarterbacks is probably a huge win on that Ravens team as well with Petit Freire, who got to play with Fields last year, obviously. So I think that's going to be some valuable experience there. I like the pick a lot. Um, kind of moving on, finally got the Packers taking a wide receiver. Now that Aaron Rodgers apparently is going to be gone uh, and potentially they're losing a, arguably the best wide receiver in the league as well. I went with Traylon Burks, wide receiver from Arkansas, a guy I've liked for quite a while. I remember when he was a, kind of a seen as a more of a running back than a wide receiver for a while coming out. But uh, just a unique skill set that you're not going to find anywhere else. Very good athlete, kind of like a – Maybe bigger LaVisca Chenault, not quite as fast, but fast enough, fluid enough. Some of the biggest hands you'll ever see on a wide receiver ever. Uh, I think they're damn near 11 inches, just absolutely freakish. And just a guy who I really think fits what Green Bay wants to do on offense. They want to just kind of dominate you physically downfield and get incredible yards after the catch in space. And I think that Traylon Burks is a really good guy to do that. And I think that they're not going to get a guy like him at 28 overall too often. Wide receivers fell in this draft because it's so loaded towards the back end of the first round. And I think we're going to see a little bit of a run go here. No, yeah, definitely. And, you know, as you alluded to, Alex, um, this wide receiver class isn't as good as the other two years prior, but there's definitely a lot of talent. But still, I look at a guy like Burks, and he was probably the only guy – who I watch. And listen, I like some of these guys that we're going to be talking about coming up, even like Olave and like the other guys. But Burks was the only one who I watched. I was like, this guy is legit, like dominant wide receiver one trait. Like he probably has the biggest ceiling in this class. And you're right. This dude has like Kawhi Leonard hands, but moving on, I got the Buffalo bills and I was really tempted to go cornerback here, but uh, knowing how the Bills draft, they don't like going CV in the first round ever since Tredavious White. That's not really the uh, MO that they have. So I went wide receiver again. I went Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. I like Wilson more than Olave, but I'm fine with Olave going before him. You know, it's kind of, you know, it's a pitter-patter type of 
different skill sets. Yeah, different skill sets. They're both elite route runners, and Wilson with Stephon Diggs in that offense. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders has looked pretty good after not looking so good in 2020 for the Bills, but in terms of finding his replacement, I mean, could you imagine the route running between Stephon Diggs, Garrett Wilson? I mean, Josh Allen will be throwing darts to these guys, and they're going to be wide open, and... You know, I like Gabe Davis. I like some other guys on that offense. But when you can get a guy like Garrett Wilson to make Josh Allen even better than what he is right now, I mean, that is a scary thought. Yeah, I like this fit a lot. And I think that, honestly, Wilson kind of reminded me a lot of Diggs when I was trying to think of a comp for him. So kind of like there, he's definitely a little bit more high cut, not quite as fast as Lobby, but he's a legitimate catch point alpha despite his size too, which I think is worth noting a little bit there. He's got some Odo Beckham type body contortion ability uh so like that pick a lot i went with the guy for the lions now with their uh rams pick here at 30 overall they need a wide receiver a bunch of them just went off the board which has to piss them off but george pickens for me was my wide receiver one if you don't factor an injury and he still would be and i just i think if there's one person who's going to be a true wide receiver one in this class where I see a bunch of like high-end wide receiver twos that have gone off the board right now. George Pickens is that dude. I, I think he has a chance to be a true alpha type wide receiver one if he hits his true ceiling. I think there are some red flags off the field. There's the injury red flag. I don't think that's going to worry Dan Campbell too much of all people. And I think that when you are going to want to run downhill like they're going to want to run, when you're going to draft a quarterback like Malik Lewis, who they had drafted in this class, I think that getting that alpha type player is there, and you're not going to get a guy like George Pickens at 30 in the draft too often. I don't think that's going to happen. So it's a big risk, but if any team can afford to take with all their picks going forward, the lines of that team, and I think Pickens is the guy there. Yeah, it's actually funny, Alex, um, not to go off on a tangent because I know we're uh, <laughs> going pretty far in the pot right now, but Willis and Pickens, when I did my first uh, mock draft for Giants Country, you could check that out, sportsillustrated.com slash Giants Country. Shout out. Wilson Pick shameless, <laughs> shameless plug, but um Wilson Pickens were my picks, and I looked at it like this: like the Lions are a team that you know what they can't afford to play it safe. I like a lot of what they're doing, like what I said before with the Willis pick earlier in the pod. They gotta take some swings of the fence, man. And at drafting Malik Willis and George Pickens, I mean that could be I would never compare it to uh Stafford and Calvin Johnson, but it could be your next, you know. Quarterback to wide receiver pairing for nearly a decade. And I'm just a big fan of George Pickens. I definitely agree with you. The injuries knocked him down the board a bit for me. But when he's healthy, he is a bona fide stud. And we're moving on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 31. I really didn't like this pick. I was struggling. I didn't want to go another lineman. I felt like we went a lot of linemen. So, I mean... Bucks fans, don't get mad at me. Our buddy Jack, I really hope he doesn't kill me for this, but I'm going to go Isaiah Spiller, the running back out of Texas A&M. He's my RB1. Uh, it's not really a good running back class. When I say he's my RB1, he's probably going to wind up as like a fringe top 50 guy on my board. But, you know, Spiller, he doesn't have the best long speed, but what he is is he has really good vision. He's improving as a pass catcher. Very good in pass protection and – um. You know, I like his contact balance. He's a guy who, you know, churns out yardage and stuff. Not a poor athlete by any stretch, but he's a guy who could come in for the Bucks. And this team, if they're picking 
at 31. That means they made the Super Bowl again. I get they have guys to resign, but it's a very deep roster. They get afford luxury picks like this. Tom Brady is always like, you know, running backs to play with guys that he could trust out of the backfield. And Spiller feels like a really good value pick and value slash luxury pick for Tampa Bay. Yeah, I don't love it. I, I get it. I don't love it for a Tom Brady team to have a running back who's not great at catching the ball going first round, bit of a reach, but I get it. I do get where you're coming from. I do think running back is going to be a need in this class. I, I think I might've honestly preferred like in a Anaya Smith or something like that there that can catch the ball out of the backfield. But I, I get where you're coming from hundred percent with that pick. I went with the chiefs. I went with my Jay Sanders, not having the biggest year so far on the stat sheet. I think he just has like half a sack or something like that. But 6'5", 255, 260, every single trait you could possibly have for the position. Chiefs tend to ba- draft based off of trades more than anything else, and they need an edge rusher, and they need it badly, and it's really showing up this year on their defense. A lot of legal trouble surrounding Frank Clark going forward. I, I just think they have to go – they have to go probably edge here as much as they do need a wide receiver too. You're starting to see some holes for form on that roster and they're one and two even if they're maybe the best team in the NFL so I think that they got to go high impact defensive player here yeah I mean I like Sanders uh there's a couple other guys I probably would have gone here since you shitted on my Bucks pick I'll shit on your uh Chiefs pick. <laughs> okay yeah, I probably I probably would have went uh Drake Jackson or like Kingsley and Igbo right here but I get it I, I, yeah. do, I do like Sanders you know um like you said I feel like He's very, pick. yeah, he's a traits pick, very raw, kind of similar to the Joe Tryon pick that the Bucks have made a year prior. So, I love uh, Tryon, man. I, I love Tryon. I'm sure, I love I'm sure that you pick. did. I'm sure you did. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, one round mock, man. That's awesome. One round mock. Just kind of touch a quick little uh, what could happen for the teams that aren't there. Little uh, little cherry on top. Bears. Thayer Munford, offensive tackle, Ohio State. Maybe Sean Ryan. Someone like that could be their pick if they're there. They need offensive line help really badly. Munford's familiar with fields. So a little bit of chemistry already there. Just the offensive tackle, I think, is their biggest need. My daughter does not approve of the pick in the background there. (laughs) Seahawks, my guy, Kyler Gordon, who I think should be a first-round pick personally. Freak athlete, bigger guy. Absolutely. Pete Carroll loves special teamers. He's maybe the best special teamer I've ever seen at Washington. Definitely going to test very well. If he's there for the Seahawks, I think he'd make a ton of sense, and we really need someone like him. Uh, Colts, if they don't get their first-round pick, Jahan Dotson makes sense. They need a field stretcher really badly. That's really been missing from their offense this year. Wentz isn't the best at targeting those guys, but even if he's not, you need someone to fill that role to stretch out the rest of the field. I think he would make a lot would, of sense there. I would like to interject on this Colts pick only because I okay. get what you're saying with the Jahan Dotson. I just want to throw out a couple more names here. Uh, Romeo Dubs. I like Dubs could be I an option. I was all, I was also going to say I had two different names, not even Dubs, and I do like Dubs. Or you don't like okay. Dubs, but uh, Zay Flowers, Boston College, who I feel is very similar to Jahan Dotson. I just I feel like he's slightly better at separating. And I also want to shout out a guy who's flying upwards, and he's a guy who I am super intrigued by his improvement at Kentucky. Wandale Robinson. I love he's been excellent. Yeah, he's been excellent this year. Both go, Both those guys could be basically, I mean, Wandale could 
kind of be a Paris Campbell replacement if Campbell does not uh, pan out, which unfortunately I looks like the case currently. Don't love him in Indy just because of the quarterback being one of the yeah. worst at targeting smaller wide receivers ever, which is kind of why I went for Dotson because he's kind of an alpha at the catch point, which is weird for his play type. Yeah, he's but, very, very physical. But uh, 49ers win Zion Johnson into your offensive line who tried to play tackle poorly last year, Boston College. They just just need help in the interior of that offensive line. They're going to run. They're going to run zone. I think Zion fits nicely into that. Good player. Rams, I wanted to go a guy like N'Kobe Dean, who I almost took for the Jets way earlier than this. I think he's going to be gone. But they value a lot of on-field speed numbers. Devin Lloyd's really fast linebacker from Utah. Maybe not the best instincts in certain areas, but really good fast fields, kind of sideline to sideline linebacker that the Rams just don't have right now. Anything else you want to add to that? Uh, yeah, I mean, just to touch on, because you kind of sped through it, I do li- I do really think Sean Ryan would be a good fit for Chicago. I get they were going to play Tevin Jenkins at left tackle. I was, I like Tevin Jenkins. I was never a fan of having that guy who just came off a full year of right tackle with very little depth playing left tackle, especially with his unorthodox stance. But for Ryan fields, Jenkins, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was uh, – I mean, just, I mean, Matt Nagy is just killing it. Literally, he's killing his career. But anyway, Ryan and Jenkins as bookends, very intriguing. I am a big Kyler Gordon fan as well. Um, excited to dig into his 2021 tape because he played so many Better. snaps Better. last year. Nah, yeah, definitely. I'm surprised we didn't get it in there. We touched on those wide receivers for the Colts. Zion Johnson, I liked his tape. I do, I don't, I think he struggled a little bit this year. I worry about, you know, his, uh, He's a bit undersized. He's a little weak, you know, when it comes to uh, going against guys with, you know, more power moves and stuff like that. Devin Lloyd is a guy who has risen up boards for me. And he was a guy who I watched over the summer, Devin Lloyd. And I was like, this guy is, like, not bad, but he's just, like, boring as hell. Like, he's not really doing anything. Trust me, he's doing a lot. He got two sacks over the weekend. I believe he has multiple interceptions on the year. Don't be surprised if Devin yep, Lloyd two interceptions. winds up. Yeah, I mean, he's been excellent this year. Utah needs it. Uh, you know, that team, I mean, I can't even imagine being on that team with everything that those guys have gone through. I mean, just two unspeakable tragedies and stuff, first with Ty Jordan and then Aaron Lowe. So, I mean, you know, rest in peace to those guys. And, you know, they're playing well. They have a chance to win the Pac-12. Yeah, agree with everything. Thank you for listening to the Juicy Deets NFL Podcast. I am your host, Alex Juicy Jensen. You can find me at Juicy underscore Jensen on Twitter. My co-host, Zach Deets at NFL underscore Deets, the hero of the show, really. And uh, just make sure, listen, download, give us five stars. Tell your friends, tell your family, and uh, we appreciate you listening. And we'll be back on Thursday with the revamped Betting Lines podcast. Mia, and I'm all yours. Not for the money, and it's not for the applause. Uh, no, uh, it's for the noise, please. Sex, sex, sex.